Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. You can get this on the DA Show's podcast feed. You could also get this on the Permission Granted podcast feed. Search for either one of those on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Also remember that the DA Show is available every single day on YouTube. You can watch the show every morning and listen along on YouTube and chat alongside other DA aliens. Well, last week was the Permission Granted Punishments. Side A, B, and C, or three side C's as it were. And let's just say it right now, Bogus was the huge winner. Bogus's side C was excellent because Bogus did something that I wish I did. And Bogus used it as almost, a, it was almost like he was doing a presentation. Yes. And I loved that format. I thought he would just have Greg Caserta come on and they would just BS about going down to see Dave Matthews, but he began with the history of the band, some interesting factoids like they've sold the second most amount of tickets since 2000 behind U2. Yes, great stat. Great stat. He talked about the band members that were still there, the band members that have fallen away. He just gave you, and then he inserted the the music. He gave you three <laughs> different cuts of Dave Matthews. There was a ballad, there was a hard rock song, and there was the classic... One of the classic songs was, I don't think it was Ants Marching. No, it was, uh, I forgot the name of the song. But yes, it's one of their original hits that everybody associates them with. Yeah. And I'm like, this was, that was the way to do it. That was the way to do it. And then him and Caserta kind of BSed about it. And he asked such a good question. Why do Dave Matthews band fans take it on the chin as super fans when you could easily say, oh, I go to every Bruce show or I go to every you know, U2 show, or I go to every Stone show, and you wouldn't catch the same flack. And I'm like, great question. I don't think they really answered it, but I don't think there really is a great answer. I, DA, I'm so glad you brought this up. First of all, I could just tell you that I went through this PGP when I was cutting my lawn. I think I tweeted about it. I don't think all of you guys 
I found this maybe to be the most enjoyable PGP listening was. Wow. Now, maybe because I'm not listening to myself and I'm listening to you guys, and it's also something different. I legitimately learned something in all three parts of this. But to your point, Bogus was just presented in an entirely different way. It was amazing. I don't even like Dave Matthews' music, but inserting those clips made it fly by. But he and Caserta's conversation is two fans not being defiant, not preventing, you know, presenting it in a defiant way against those who hate Dave Matthews, but more just, you know, why do they hate us? Like that kind of conversation. And then Caserta explaining how he was skeptical. His friends went to the park when he was in high school, and then that's how he got into it. But you're right. In the end, it was an open-ended ending where, like, they didn't have a definitive answer because there may not be one. But they made me think, as I'm getting to the, you know, the weed whacker in my back, I'm like, why do I hate it? Why? Yeah. Why? What am I doing wrong? Almost subconsciously, it was like a Jedi mind trick of a side C. And it's funny because I don't hate Dave Matthews' band. I could probably only name three songs or so. There's Ants Marching, there's Lightning Crashes, right? Is that one of them? No, that's live. That's, that's live. No, but there is a song yeah. about lightning yeah. Oh, this is so bad. It is bad. I, but it's one of those things like you hear it and then automatically the words come back yeah. to you. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really hate Dave Matthews, but it is true there's a stigma about being a DMV, DMB super fan. Well, and and in that, I'm glad that you're bringing this up. So I was going to bring this up to Bogus and Side B. I think I have a little bit of the answer for it. And it kind of goes in tow with that stat you brought up that he presented about the second most tickets. Crash into me is what I'm thinking. Cra- Crash, Crash into me. Satellite. Satellite was the song he played. And Ants Marching yeah. would be the three that I would know. Oh, the space between. That's a, I would know all of those. But here's here's why. This is a skewed stat that he gave, and it ties into why people don't love Dave Matthews. Get stand of it. Get sick of it. You're right. There are sick of fans of. He mentioned Fish at Madison Square Garden. It's a very small group. It's not. It's a big group of Dave Matthews. They don't ever take time off. They're seemingly in your face <laughs> all year long. So, like, where other concerts might come back, like Bruce might do every other year, every three years, and then all of his fans go cranking into all of those shows. Dave, it's every single year, and then it's multiple stops in the same vicinities along the Like, he mentioned all the different places he's seen. And then it becomes, yeah, well, of course they're selling the most tickets. They don't stop playing, which causes more ticket sales, and you don't get a break from them. And their fans are going to, like, five shows a year. Right. And social media has made you hate Dave Matthews more because if you're not, even if you don't, you may not hate Dave Matthews' music, but you just don't love it enough to see it a million times. When you see the same friends from high school, you're like, you're at another, like, the fifth venue you've gone to this summer to see Dave Matthews, it just becomes, like, this tired act that I think social media, in many ways, has caused more hatred for the Dave Matthews groupies. Okay, so I think you're onto something where we're in a specific age group where our age group are the super fans of Dave. I yeah. don't know this, but my guess is when Caserta and Bogish, Caserta's in his early 30s now. Well, I could tell you because he, <coughs> it's funny, I didn't know how old Caserta was, and he mentioned the senior in high school. He's the same age as me, he's 35. Okay. He's 35, Bogish is 42. I would say that your Dave Matthews band. Those the time that the generation is going to be between thirty two and forty eight. Right, it's going to be that age group, and so we're all in that age group. And I think that's why we don't see the same the same fervor because if it was Backstreet Boys or 
Uh, what what's a better boy band that's a little bit younger? Like that, One Direction. Okay. We wouldn't see that in our social media feeds. Right. Like, for instance, Harry Styles played Madison Square Garden the last two nights, and I, like, saw briefly like, people who I know as kids were going. That's the kind of stuff now, right? And then the second thing is, I think there might be a resistance to, oh, my God, you love Dave that much, only because all the other bands that play so much and sell that many tickets and sell out these arenas all have decades of hits. You two and the Stones and Bruce and uh, Billy Joel. Say even Metallica whenever they go on to Metallica. These are all traditional bands that have been around since the 70s or the 80s, in the Stones' case, the 60s. And now they've got 40 years' worth of work that they're playing, and they've been popular for so long that you can kind of understand how those bands get that, that are selling that many arenas out. For Dave Matthews, I think the thing is, and Caserta said it well, people look at it as a college jam band. And you're like, how? There's like only four songs I've ever heard that Dave Matthews band does. How are they selling out the garden for six straight nights? Right, and they're one of those bands, like to that point where when you know their stuff, you know their stuff. But somehow... Not that, I mean, it's funny because we work on radio, but like you don't hear the songs on the radio. They're they just not as up. commercially. Yeah, or even if you're at like a party, like there's not some new Dave Matthews song that comes out. You know, somebody has on a playlist going, "Oh, who's that?" Like that just never happens. So I guess when you're unfamiliar, yeah. maybe you hate it when you haven't heard it. I just think that what, and this is such an interesting deep dive because I've never thought about this. Like, yeah, why is there a stigma on Dave? I think Dave's popularity with a certain group of people seems to outweigh their actual success. That you're like, but I can only name a few songs, right. so how are they that popular? It doesn't seem to be even with all the other legendary bands. Right, and and to that point, everybody loves a good sing-along, right? Even those successful songs you met, like, all right, they're fine. They're like, I don't hate those those hits, but I don't, I'm never somewhere where that comes on and everybody's like, oh, please, everybody just start singing Satellite together. <laughs> it's, it's just a great debate, and I encourage, I bet you people are going to listen to this and be like, yeah, I, I want to ask my friends this. I want to ask my wife this. I want to, because it's such an interesting conversation. I don't know the answer. Right, and it also, and it's not Dave Matthews Band fans' fault because I thought of this too. You know what else we hate when debating this is you don't want to hear from a Dave Matthews. You just don't get it, man. Like that's the only answer they have. Well, that's not good enough for me. <laughs> Explain to me what I'm not getting, which I actually think in many ways, Bogus and Caserta might have done the best job of that that I've ever heard. They were great. The, the side C conversation was great. The presentation was great. It was all great. I just thought it was great. I wanted to kick myself all weekend, all week, because of the quality of my audio. I was, you said it. I was just devastated. And the way that this happened was I would usually have the guest on the phone, in this case, uh, Mike Kozier from Lost Ballparks. He's got such good information. He's a really interesting guy to talk to he knows how to he knows how to talk he, he's interesting he he's clear and he i emailed him would you come on this is what we're doing he's like oh yeah absolutely he goes do you want to do it over zoom for better quality audio because then that means instead of me having him on the phone and i have the microphone and he has a phone we both are on microphone zoom to zoom and i go sure he offered if he wants to do it great but then that meant i couldn't run through the traditional studio so I said to Cap the next day, okay, we'll we'll do the Zoom over Zoom. We'll do the Zoom together. Do you think my microphone's good enough? 
Because I have a microphone for Zoom, but it's just not as good as a radio microphone. And he's like, well, if you want to buy a new one, here's the one to buy. And I was going to Best Buy. That, I was going to PetSmart that day for Rosie the Cat's new collar. And there's a Best Buy next door. On the way, he texts me what to get. So I look at this microphone. It's like a $150 microphone. It's a great quality microphone. And I'm like, you know what? Why wouldn't I upgrade to that microphone if I do Zoom to Zoom right. interviews? And then that helps out if we tape anything else from home. So I'm like, let me get this. So I buy it. I have not used it yet. I bring it home. I unbox it. I'm kind of reading through how to adjust the mic levels, do all this. And that's when Mike calls. And I'm like, okay, let me plug it in. And now Mike is in the waiting room of Zoom. And I'm texting Cap, like, Cap, can you hear me? Are we recording? Because I've never recorded my own Zoom call. Right. And I want to make sure that it's being recorded and he's in there. And in all of this, I don't have my microphone set up correctly. It's it's plugged in, but it's not being, I think, tracked by my laptop. I've got to choose it or adjust the levels right. or something. You might be speaking into your computer, not the mic. Right. And we do the whole interview, and afterwards, I'm thinking, this must have sounded like freaking glass. It must be awesome because I just bought a $150 Yeti blue microphone, and it's going to be badass. And I text Cap, and I'm like, so did that sound great? He's like, I'm not sure. And I'm like, oh, no. Uh. He sends it to me, and it's hollow and terrible. And I'm like, I can't tell Mike to do that whole interview over again. So Cap goes, well, let me adjust the levels a little bit so it'll make it sound a little bit better. And it flattens it out a little bit so it sounds less hollow, but it's like just a dull, terrible sound. Yeah, so I, I completely agree. So this was my first tip-off. And my heart sunk. I'm like, oh, my God, my permission-granted punishment sucks balls. Well, I, I don't think it sucked balls because I think your guess was really good. He so was I think good. that actually saved it. I ended up focusing way more... Like, for instance, when he tells a story about the kid having sleepovers when his dad was the ground, polo ground, mind-blown. Like, he had really good factoids. And the Vince Scully stuff that he almost landed Vince Scully. So it was good. So the interview, I think, saved you. But to that point, I, for the first time ever, you know me, I, I can't detach usually, uh, what are they saying now on the show? I legitimately was in a zone in the Poconos for most of the week where I didn't have service. I didn't know what was going on. I saw pictures of Boyle dyed his hair. <laughs> I found out that you were, like, not feeling good. I didn't know to the extent. I was like, okay, DA took a sick day Monday. I didn't realize that you weren't in the studio all week. So when I heard it for the first time on Saturday is when I listened to it, I said, oh, what did DA do here? Like, what? And I texted PP. He was like, well, he had to do the stuff from home. I'm like, oh, okay. And I still didn't realize that you were doing it on Zoom. And I guess I should have thought of that. But I think what hurt you, if I had to say this, but I don't know what the right answer is. I think that you should not have been the first part of the three-parters. I think that the first thing you hear starting yeah. the PGP is it's that me, quality. Murky. Yeah, cloudy. I, think, I know, and I think you almost could have hit it better if it was just all of a sudden you're rolling. Whether it's Pete doing the wrestling, or we start with the the Dave Matthews, and we get you in the middle, then it's kind of like okay, this is fun, we're going. But it, you're right. it set like a poor quality tone for the whole PGP. Yep, totally right. I was crushed. I'm just like out of all the moments, and like it had to get out. We had waited until Thursday because both me and Pete's guests couldn't tape until Thursday. <laughs> So we couldn't wait until Friday, retape it, maybe adjust the audio. So my God, and you could not have it out. Could, after oh, you're right. Everything after everything that it. happened, so that was a crusher. But Mike Kozier was great, and the, the story that you're talking about was so mind blowing that there is a back of the Polo Grounds, which was where the New York Giants baseball team played, and originally the football Giants as well. 
that in the polo grounds, there was a groundskeeper who had an apartment in center field. Yeah. And it was like his family lived there. And his kids lived the polo grounds and would have campouts in left field with their friends. Mind blow. Which to think of that happening in Major League Baseball now. Can we sleep over Johnny's house? Where does Johnny live? The polo grounds. Yeah. It's amazing. It totally. It was amazing. So then we get to Pete's, and Pete's was really informative. I would have only one uh, critique. Pete and his guest, I forget his name. Guy from News 12 yeah. in Long Island, who I actually thought was really good on his information. Totally. They, The only thing that I, I could critique was they acted like we all knew all the things they were talking about. Yes. And it went over my head constantly. I'm like, okay, so who is that? What are they talking about? What's that storyline? And I think there does, I think there's an intrigue when you do inside baseball stuff. Like when Caserta and Bogus are talking about the specific drummer that changed in DMB. That's interesting. But you need to set it up whereas like this is what happened for all of you people that don't know wrestling and this is why we're talking about it. Right. Yeah. And I I just kept feeling lost cuz they just jumped into the deep end quick. And and I totally agree. And I think where they hurt too is they are very good at like all these right the NXT stuff, the AEW stuff we've and they kept mentioning Tony Khan who runs that other federation but I think you need to approach it as we know the stuff but this is also a teaching lesson for yeah. everybody. They're talking about certain wrestlers or, like, what federation are they in? What are we talking about They said here? NXT, like, 12 times. I don't even know what NXT is. Right, right. And you have to find – I can't expect them to constantly be saying that throughout a podcast, but there's a different way to approach it. But what I did really take away and find interesting where I thought the meat and potatoes of it was, which, you know me, I make fun of wrestling fans all the time, was the explanation of how WWE had gone stale, storylines, not looking ahead to the future – setting stuff up. And that up. Vince had become stale. And Vince had become stale and how basically they were planning storylines after storylines now. And it really hit me where I got done listening to that podcast and suddenly, you ever you ever buy a car or buy something and all of a sudden you see the same car on the highway all the time. It's like you wouldn't notice it. Yeah. I started noticing the last couple of days on Twitter, like on Monday, wow, Raw's really, I guess this is must-see TV now, no more DVRing from not Pete or this guy. And it was like everything they were talking about, I'm starting to notice mm. people talking about that this is becoming a thing here that it feels different. Mm -hmm. So I almost felt like, okay, I'm in on it now. I know what they're talking about because I listened to the PGP. It was a really good conversation because both those guys knew their stuff inside and out. They had a good rapport with one another. And it was a juicy topic that like Vince McMahon, his ego took him down. <laughs> and now there's been a positive out of that. Right, and I have to say this. I don't know if anybody else picked up on it. I meant to bust Pete's chops about this, but we could do it inside of here. Pete lives for this in an interview. And if you had to do this, it is. <laughs> and you had to pick somebody, it would be. He likes doing, like, the high-raising voice. That would be. It is. That's how he likes somebody answering a question. He must have done it three or four <laughs> times. And I got, like, to the multiple times, I just started laughing to myself. That would be who it is. <laughs> Pete loves that form of question. The side C's, maybe there's something here for the future. Maybe once a year we all do a side C that you pick an yeah. off-the-grid topic. I, I thought it was interesting. I really did. I really did. And uh, I don't know what I would do if I if I was in that situation. But I'm confident I would find something. I mean, you three bozos did it. If, I, I don't know. 
I found it to be a very good listen. You got to have a guest too. Right. Because that was interesting to get somebody to bounce all your stuff yeah. off of. Yeah, you don't want to hear just a dull monologue on it. Although Bogus did a good job of setting up his yeah. guest with all of that. But I, again, I can't tell everybody how to consume their podcast. I could just tell you in the mode I was in, mowing my lawn with AirPods in, I thought it was the perfect thing to pass the time on mowing the lawn. Yeah. And also, it goes to show you that. You ever listen to a radio station like Jack FM where you don't know the genre really of the next song? Right. You're like, okay, it starts with, I don't know, a pop song and then it goes to a power ballad, then it goes to like a 70s song or something. And they do that because they just assume that everybody's train of thought or attention span is very short. So like, let's just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and maybe you like one of the songs. Right. That's what this side C was. It was like, if you don't like this topic, just wait 10 minutes. There's a totally different topic. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, nothing was interconnected at all. Yeah. You're totally right. It was uh, it was like an audio encyclopedia for, you know, 45 minutes. I like it. Right, yeah. I was into it. I was into it. Yeah, it was yeah, so pretty good. did a good job. It was pretty good. And the best part was I didn't have to do anything. So that was <laughs> really the best part. So <laughs> what I want you to do, okay, you're going to have Bogush on side C? Yes. Or side B. Ask him about the Bill Ryder stuff. Okay. Okay. Just say, hey, what'd you think? Because he was not in the conversation today. And I think that was very noticeable that he did not come in during that conversation. Because I was caught in this no man's land where I didn't realize I had done something wrong until Ryder called me out on the air for doing something wrong, which was, and we'll insert his spiel here. But I also got to nominate my guy, and I'm a fan of DA. As you know, Disa, you're one of the few people that sort of know, was in Europe for the summer, had some personal things as a part of that I had to had to deal with, was asked by people in my personal life and professionally outside of CBS Sports Radio, not to mention that I was there for the summer. So you'd imagine my surprise when I got tagged in a tweet, DA took some shots at me for, for being off radio, which is fine. By the way, people make fun of other radio hosts all the time. Not my style, but it's all, what's the wire line? It's all in the game. To me, radio hosts who make fun of their colleagues are saying a lot more about themselves than they are whoever they're making fun of. And I'll leave it to smarter people than me to figure out what DA's sort of deal. DA can do whatever he wants to show. Interesting show, like a show, good guy. But mentioning my personal business, saying that I've been in Europe, what was the term? I was on a sojourn? Is that what, is that what I was? I mean, it's... He's using really big. And look, I should be sympathetic because I know that the plan on that show, it's very structured, is to spend three and a half of the four hours talking about what Marash had to eat the night before. And that I heard Sean was off. That makes sense. DA didn't know how to fill or had some trouble filling the time. Must have been a slow day. Can't turn to, to Sean eating a bunch of food. And that's hard. I, I get it. It's difficult. But I didn't want people to know where I was. Didn't want people to know my house was empty. You know, a whole bunch of stuff. Didn't want to advertise I was in Europe. Wasn't going to talk about it in the air. Was asked not to by my wife and my other employer. And now I have to because you put my business out there. Even though I like you a lot, DA. Keep my name out your mouth. That's a little bit of a joke. You're the bum of the week, bro. He didn't like that I said something on the air about his vacation plans that he was not meaning to be public. And I totally understand that frustration. I didn't realize I'd overstepped my boundaries. I had texted him. I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was not for on air. I just assumed he was talking about it because when I go on vacation, 
my whole thing is like everything is content. Yeah. The, my vacation, whatever happens, I'm talking about. It's just like that's the show. But not everybody's like that. And I, I felt really guilty. I felt really bad because I like Bill. I like Bill's show. I was just like, we have a good relationship. I don't want to ruin that. And then I started questioning myself like, but didn't he talk about this on the air? <laughs> Am I going crazy? I listened on my way home multiple times to him talking about a European vacation. What? And oh. so then I went back and I started listening to some of the clips that I thought I had heard. I'm like, wait a second. I did hear that. So I clearly overstepped boundaries and I apologize. I didn't mean to do that. But then there's a part of it that I'm like, but how was I going to know that that was on air, but that right. wasn't? That this week was okay to say was in Europe, but that week, well, like, how was I supposed to know that that differential? Anyway, Bogus was the guy that filled in so many times. Yeah. So Bogus purposefully removed himself, <laughs> recused himself well, from this conversation. And I will briefly peel back the curtain here on P on the PGP. I thought it was very noticeable that Bogus comes running in the moment. It's anything about me, fat beard, or whatever else. <laughs> Couldn't run in here. And I, Usain Bolt, the yeah. moment that it's anything except that. And I have no idea if this is what it was, but I had all this stuff in the back of my mind, and I was still in the studios when Bill Ryder started his show on Tuesday, and among his teases was, and some new information has come to light on a little something I want to touch on, and the only thing I could think of is, oh, he heard the segment. And I immediately turned to his producer, Tom DeSalcino, has a great relationship with us, and he couldn't have stiff on me anymore and went, I'm staying the complete out <laughs> Don't ask me about it. I don't know. I don't want to know. So team team writer is shut down. They're not meeting the media right now. They're not meeting the media. And that includes Bogish, but we'll ask him anyway. Yeah, just see it, tee it up. Like, hey, so yeah. what'd you think? All right. I'll see, I'll what'd you see, think? Yeah, let's just see. And your thoughts would be? <laughs> because I want this so clear. I really like Bill, and I really like Bill's show, and I like all the stuff that they do, and I listen regularly, and I don't want a war. I, I never intended for that, but... I am a person that sometimes talks too much. I do it in my relationship with my wife. I just like, you ask me something, I just am a blah, 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 blah. Like we had a guy <laughs> trash, what did he, he trashed? Last Tuesday, somebody tweeted in and trashed that there were so many fill-in hosts for Bill. I think this is when I said it. It might not have been, but I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he was in Spain and he was in... France and they had to have fill-ins and like I just I just don't think sometimes before I speak and it got me into trouble here but part of it is that I honestly genuinely didn't think I was doing anything wrong yeah I, I can't I can't think you were he, he did almost two months of shows <laughs> from another country at some point somebody's gonna tip us off that that's not fair game that's all I gotta say especially when half of it was fair game right that was the thing Right. That I knew I had heard him talk about the vacation on the air. I just didn't know it wasn't everything. And again, I need to reiterate this. Bill has also made a point in that clip. Hey, these guys love having fun with other shows. If you're aware that that's what we do and you want to make sure it's not brought up, I think you got you can't assume that we won't. You got to hand wave us. Because we will never. That's one thing we're good about. If you tell us don't say something. Won't do it. We're not going to do it. No. Heck no. We'll not break the code. No. No, we won't. We're good. We're actually good about that. That's that's how you know Jody Mack has never told us don't make fun of the cough. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you wonder why we aren't making fun of somebody else, we'll assume they've told us not to. <laughs> okay, that's side A. Here we go with side B.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Howdy doody do we crash into side B of the PGP. It's Mraz, it's Bogish. Bogey, hello, how are you? Happy week to you. Week back for both of us. Oh, yes. Welcome back to us. Welcome back to Side B. And uh, welcome back to your amazing beard. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, you went there, so I guess we could lead there. Mm. <laughs> Monday morning, after a week off for both you and I, you at the Jersey Shore, me up in the mountains, because where else would you rather be during summertime uh, than up in the mountains? We come back. We reconvene. We are the first ones, typically, which is just so funny. So for anybody, not typically. I mean, that's just the way uh, it is. It's usually me and then you, or sometimes in together, and then eventually Pete and Da show up. Right. So for those wondering, you know about, <laughs> you may not be, you may not care. Bogus and I are always the first ones in the building from the show. Kaplan shows up a couple minutes beforehand. Da gets settled a few minutes for the show. Pete, the body, has a new story every day. <laughs> Hey, I've run into the. By the way, for those who don't know, me and Pete take the exact same route here. Yes, but yet somehow he encounters like Donkey Kong barrels, and I don't. I to know get here, it, and we still have never really taken the deep dive into. We think Da is in the area, 
well ahead of when he actually walks into the building. Yeah, I think he does a little prep in the car and then walks in before having to deal with any of us. Right. And by the way, if that's the case, I don't blame him because I get it. When you're up that early, dark 30, sure. you want to be in this song. But the reason we bring this up, mm-hmm. you and I are usually the first ones in the building. So clearly we hadn't seen each other in a week. We were both happy to be off. We walk in. Hey, good morning. How was your vacation? And you don't say a word to me about the elephant in the room. Yeah. Which I, I knew you guys would have fun with, but I wasn't going to be, look at me, I dyed my beard. Because this one I was actually disheartened by. All right? My wife sat there on the last day of vacation, mind you. <sighs> last day with a beard she wanted me to grow two years ago during the right. pandemic. And just blurted out, I think you're looking kind of old. Would you be open? And, and I was, by the way, I didn't fight. I said, you know what? Sure, let's whatever. Let's die. Let's have some fun. It came out horrible. It came out like I was stained. It came out like Al Borland, everything. Yeah. Uh, although she has now told me a day later she thinks it's getting better. It's just the shock of seeing me like that. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. So you don't mention a word. Right. DA comes in. Pete comes in. Hey, you know, the whole crew's back together. That's always a good feeling, right? It's always like the first day of school again whenever we see each other again. And DA has a couple conversations with me, you know, just kind of going over stuff, show, hey, what'd you miss? What do we got coming up? And then it t- it's almost like it took him five minutes to notice. And I think his comment was like, what did you do to your face? <laughs> it wasn't a nice question. And you didn't wait for the last word to come out of his mouth before you went, I'm glad you said something because I was leaving it alone until yeah. you said something. And you guys all had a field day with it. So here it is. It's been out there. I have some kind of brown uh, hair now on my face and not the salt and pepper I had, yeah. had dealt with. So I, I, I understand the dying of the beard thing. And between my flimsy beard and my baldness, like, there have been different internal conversations about how to handle all these things. But I would have went to a professional to address either one of them. So I think here we see the value in paying for a professional to pick the right color, do the right application. (laughs) So there's that. Not the quick target purchase and a distracted wife globbing on just for men. Okay. So this is going to be the point in time... And mark this date in history where I'm going to defend my wife first. Okay. All right? When I got home on Monday after she saw everybody made fun of it, of course she knew it was going to get brought up because we kind of joked like, oh, no, you're on camera. This is how it looks. She was not necessarily a fan of me throwing under the bus saying that she called me Mm old-looking. She made a point of saying, I've said that I look old, too. We have these two kids that I feel like we're looking older. My wife is the kind of person, and I love her for this. Sometimes it drives me nuts. I will come home, and, like, the house will be rearranged. There'll be a couch over here. Yeah. She's just that kind of, My bedroom will look different one day. She always needs to change up something. I was that couch, okay? Sure. I, I was that couch once, but you wanted me growing a beard. <laughs> I was that couch when it came to beard dye. <laughs> I could have said no and fought it. I didn't. We had talked, and she said, well, why don't you see how it looks before you go get it professionally done? Before I spend money, do we even like like how the color would look. Okay. So that actually was brought up. So but the but then the my pushback putting myself in your shoes is what if we don't do it correctly or pick right. the wrong color and then what actually might have been a good solution bad execution sends us in the wrong direction. Well, and and I'm yes, that would be the other follow-up. That rhyme by accident it, by the way. It might have a little been. bit. The debate I then had with my wife again this has been a two-day storyline in my house. Yeah. Monday during dinner. Uh, and mind you, I was in a spot on Sunday night. Giants are playing, and I got, you know, first of all, I'm going to watch the games anyway in the preseason, but I'm trying this one giant step podcast. Yeah. It still hasn't started again. It might be there one day, but just I'm, in case. I'm clearly, I have to watch the game, see what's going on, and this happens. 
you know, my daughter Taylor doesn't stop talking now. Dad, dad, what'd you do to your face? I told my wife, the other thing we have to realize, and I think we forget sometimes, like we almost like take it for granted what I'm doing for a living. I am on camera every single day. Right. I am not driving a truck. I'm not doing any of the much more admirable jobs that this country has to offer. That only your immediate coworkers see. And can poke fun at. Yeah. I'm on camera. like, And if I have a, a good rant or something funny happens, something potentially could go viral, and I look like the brawny paper towel man now. So that's a problem. Yeah, and plus you picked a bad shirt on Monday as well. And you know what's funny about that? You know why I wore that shirt? I wanted to come out the blocks, week off. I knew DA had saw that I had said the guest's name wrong a yeah. couple times. I got to look professional. I got to come in button down. Don't screw around today. I was balancing too many acts there, and I combined for a total disaster. Yeah, that was the wrong shirt-beard combination. A Awful. different button-down shirt might have had less of an impact. Well, in fact, I would tell you, because I thought I was really going to get a ream. I'm like, oh, I really hated that DA found out that I, I called the guest by the wrong name. I'll be honest with you. Full disclosure, pull back the curtain. I'm like, that's going to bother DA because it is a bad look. And it bothered me. You knew. Like, that yeah. bothered me from the week before. I said, I I don't know what I'm – DA might, like, call me aside and say, you can't be doing that. Like, I was actually, like, really paranoid about that Monday. The bad hair dye with the shirt might have saved me because he might have felt pity for me. I said, well, how could I get mad at him? Look, he's an embarrassment to himself. Yeah, but he also had a whole week to calm down. I don't, yeah. And I don't think he would have been. Cause no, it was but just... I worry about that because it is a representation on the show. Sure. So it did bother me. Sure. Shockingly, but... I feel more mature now than I did five years ago. You know what? I'm going to give you that one. If you feel more mature. I do. I do because I don't it. think that would have take bothered it. me five years ago. I would have said, screw this, blah, 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 whatever. Right. I made a mistake. Okay. It did bother me. All right. So anyway, but that was what was going through my head and the hair dye and everything. That being said, before I come back, I end up listening to this PGP last week. What a good job you did. Oh, thank you. I will I tell couldn't you, tell by your tweet. I No, no. I, I, <laughs> I tweeted something along the lines of Bogish's side C sounded like a college radio project in a good way. A lot of times those could kind of sound, you know what I mean, they sound like kids doing radio and you're learning how to splice audio while talking. Like, for those who've never taken radio college classes, what you heard inside Sea of Bogish is like some of the projects you would make. And it's supposed to teach you about a lot of different things, but in reality, you don't hear a lot of those in radio. And I thought it sounded really well done. And I got to be honest, I feel like I came away from that side C. Not that I ever hated them, hating D- DMB culture a lot less. Okay. Mission accomplished. A lot less. Yeah. I do get it. I do get it. I'm I'm not going to stop busting your chops right. about it. That's fine. Uh, I do get it. I think that you and Caserta presented the debate and almost left us with like this open-ended ending of, we still can't put our finger together, but like you gave the history of the band and everything, and then like, this is why we like it. And if you don't like it, I don't understand why you don't like it. Just, right. It was presented in a good way. And like, that was my point. What I was trying to get across was, and what I still don't have a perfect answer for, is why it's such a negative. Like, you went to Kenny Chesney, and you had your boss, and you had your cowboy hat on. A bucket hat, but I didn't wear a Whatever. Cowboy. Either way, yeah. like, I... Got way too drunk there, too. I wouldn't... Like, we had fun with you normally, because it was you and the party bus, and you're going by yourself, yeah. and you said to me, like, maybe I get lucky in a porta potty Right. Which came up in the analytics on Tuesday. Right. right. So, but, like... I didn't, and by the, the way, but, I, didn't, I want that clear. There was nothing near sure. that. <laughs> but, the, but, like, the base decision to go see Kenny Chesney or to go see, I don't know, Alana, I'm just, people who are around here now, Alanis Morissette, there was a big 90s, like, rap music festival in Queens recently. Like, I wouldn't have ever knocked any of those decisions. I don't understand why people have to be so 
dismissive about well, it. I and DA and I just touched on this in Sunday. And I think you might hate this take. I thought you had a good stat about Dave Matthews behind you two for tickets sold. My point to DA was I think that number might be a little skewed and it has to do with why we can't stand it. And that is it feels as if where Kenny Chesney might take every other year off. In fact, that was the first time he played MetLife in three years. All right. I had to do with the pandemic. It feels like Dave Matthews never stops playing. Well, so, right. So, And I was thinking about that the whole time because how do you, every number has context. But also that number goes back to 1980. So there's, right. you know, there's 15 years of them not even being a band Fair. before they start selling tickets. Then there was a period late 90s, early 2000s, where everybody was playing football stadiums. So they used to be a giant stadium, not Jones Beach, right. a 14,000-seat thing here on Long Island. There was a time where they played less shows but played baseball stadiums instead of football stadiums, and now they play amphitheaters, but they are selling out these places that are 13, 14, 20,000-seat venues, and they can do an entire summer tour because those people – because all these people, all of us, I guess, are willing to keep going and seeing a different show. Like, with all due respect, like, you know, I know Lady Gaga was around, was at, at Giant Stadium. Yeah. There was like a string of concerts. It was yeah, like Red Hot Chili week. Peppers, Chesney, but Lady like, Gaga. The right. Lady Gaga like show. John right before right. that. The Lady Gaga show is amazing. And I saw Coldplay at MetLife a couple of years ago before, you know, pre-COVID. But like that show is what they do basically every night. There might be a tweak of a thing hey, here. And your point is you never know what you're getting with Dave. Never. And that's where you can go every which, single summer or to multiple cities. Which I think is a dividing line. That's why you as a Dave Matthews fan enjoys going to the multiple stops. Where the not, like, not being a Dave Matthews fan doesn't mean you hate the music. Like, you meant you played, like, Satellite. There's a couple hits that are fine. They're not your classic, like, everybody, every American loves a good sing-along. I said this, to, like, you don't really have that with Dave Matthews. I mean, the couple of the early ones, like Ants Marching, those yeah. those were. But then, and you know, when they've come on, I've been at bars where, like, the cover band fires and it up. Also, There's like some sing- people that can sing and dance. And you broke a good point. They've evolved as a band. For whatever reason, none of us hear it ever play. Like, you're never at a party where new Dave stuff's playing. Yeah, you know? and that that's the oddity of, of a lot of bands. Like, Aerosmith, who's my wife's favorite band, like, she'd kill Dave Matthews to get to Steven Tyler. Like, their only number one hit is the stupid song from uh, the astronaut movie. Yeah, Armageddon. Yeah. So, like, you know, you know Dream On because Dream On is also, right. like, it's gone into commercials and whatnot. And there's right. some other ones that have had some notoriety. But, like, there are bands that exist really successfully without being on the radio Which, all the time. I think it just, I think that's what bothers people. It bothers people when they don't get it. Like, they, they get the party atmosphere, but they don't get how you could love something that we just don't hear ever. And- but, I mean, I also don't, I couldn't, you, you could hit me in the face with a Kenny Chesney song right, right now, and I, would know, I wouldn't know nine out of ten of them. And now look, and but this is where it separates it. Like, my parents and sisters, I would have loved to have done it, went to Nashville to see him this year, yeah. and then came back from MetLife. But that's the only time in their life they've ever done that where they've seen him right. more than once. I see him every other year, you know, sometimes every year. Like, I went a couple years where it was two years in a row, and that's it. I'm, you know, you're not going to see me singing right. to Kenny. But I bet if it's at you Jones guys Beach, might see him you might four go. Times. If he was right, but that's the at... point. He doesn't, yeah, like, but Dave Matthews playing all over the place, doing all of this, and then you guys seeing him multiple times. Right. And then also social media where you're like, okay, all right, I just saw them posting a picture at this concert. Now they're at a different venue. It just gets to the point where everybody's just like, all right, enough. Yeah, and I, I think that's, that's the thing. And that's what I don't understand because, like, I've got friends who are fish fans and they're going to spend yeah. the entire week and of Jay Christmas Berman, yeah. to New Year's at the Garden. And but it's a much smaller contingent than Dave Matthews. It's not. They do the same thing Fish does at 
the same venue well, in, in Cancun. They have an extra day. They sell out the entire property. They need another hotel. The day us day people don't do that. I, I feel like if you had everybody fill out a questionnaire in America, you would get a lot more Dave Matthews tickets than you would fish. That's a tough one. It might be like something like you know where you have a really small like the Buffalo Sabers fan base. They may not have as many fans. Buffalo as the always Ch- does good on TV. But this is my point. They may not have as many fans as the Chicago Blackhawks, but like they are so hardcore that they go. You know that's kind of the way I would view fish. But also. The fish of, becomes the sabers in, mul- in city after city after city after city. I guess. I don't even know why I'm, I'm arguing fish. All right, yeah. let me just leave you with this. Yeah, please. Quick, quick thoughts. The DA writer beef, the way DA handled it. I've, I feel like a kid with their parents getting divorced. I spend four hours at DA and then two hours with Bill. I don't I don't like when mommy and daddy fight. So is that your commentary on it? Um. So, I mean, I've, I've, I've had to walk this tightrope all summer, too, because I was directly involved in Bill's schedule and right. travels, and I knew what was going on, and I did, you know, it was prefaced always as, we're not going to discuss where Bill is. We're just going to go about our right. business. Right, the show goes but on. But then as DA played on Tuesday morning, there were times where Bill let things slip, and I understand why an outsider wouldn't know what the rules are. Yeah. Do you think that the rules should have been more public to the other members of CBS Sports Radio so that maybe we wouldn't have done that? I, I don't know. I mean, the, the I don't know. I, I don't even know how to, if I'm allowed to answer this. Like, the problem really arose in the last couple of weeks because Bill had such technical issues right. that he couldn't do the show for, like, 10 straight days. He did the show for three and a half, four weeks uninterrupted, and no one knew and nobody cared because there was no reason to know the difference. So, you know, a a wire and a box work better in London or wherever, and Bill's on the air, and none of this ever happens. I'm going to be curious how you answer this question, and it's how we're going to wrap the Uh PGP. Do you think DA was wrong in any way for handling both originally Bill and the fireback? Um... I don't know that I personally would have done the full audio montage clearing of the name, but then again, I do. I don't want anyone to be mad at me for the wrong reason. So I might have had the urge to do it, okay, but then thought maybe it's not worth it. And that is the most Andrew Bogish way to answer that question. Yeah, because I'm listen, I'm not a confrontation guy. I know, I and know. I'm not that tough. And, and it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. I was led to believe from Tom DeSelsi, the producer of Bill, after this that the, it was a media shutdown. We weren't, we weren't, no, no questions answered. It was right. the Patriots right now. Yeah, we're on to Cincinnati. But you, you answered a little more than I thought. All okay, right, you can follow you. Andrew Bogish on Twitter uh, at writer than you, and you can follow me at Mraz CBS. Have a great week, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.